Happy Thursday, my darlings. It's Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. And it's me, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Hello, everyone. My God, it's just been a week. I feel like this was, I just sat and recorded it five minutes ago, but that was a whole week ago. We're back. Little old me rambling about pop culture. We had a lot. There's a lot. Things are escalating quickly, my friends. Between one week, like I was going to make, if you remember last week's pod, was definitely very focused on the Oscar snubs of Barbie. And that was, I assumed, going to be a big theme moving into the newsletter, even though it was a week later. The reason it wasn't in last week's newsletter is because the news dropped on Tuesday. Newsletter is already published. It became a big topic of the podcast, but I still figured it would weigh heavily into the news of PCM on Monday. And I thought I would make it the lead story sort of, you know, it still got legs and there'd been more responses and obviously Ryan wasn't going to boycott, but the speed for which things happen in this world of pop culture, it like, I I had to reframe my whole thinking of what the newsletter was going to be on Monday Because not only did it not make the top story, it really, it didn't even need to be in the top stories. I just had so much content and thoughts around it. I made it that way. But frankly, there were so many other things that happened. And then there were things that I just completely ignored because I couldn't get my head wrapped around. Like, let's talk about for a minute, if you're not paying attention, there are going to be some of you who know exactly the characters I'm talking about. And there are going to be some of you who know exactly what I'm talking about. Then there are going to be some of you who are like, who, what, what am I missing? So the biggest rap, female rap star in the world, in the world is Nicki Minaj. No, no question. She's broken all the records. She's a legend, whatnot. She's also has a lot of, she's very outspoken about a lot of things. And really one of the other biggest stars is Megan Thee Stallion. And I guess they've had beefs and Nicki Minaj has beefs with everyone, which is honestly why I haven't really been paying attention to this story. But the amount of questions I've gotten since from publishing the newsletter to today is just like, what's going on with Nicki Minaj? What's going on with Megan Thee Stallion? And I'm just going to break it down for you because I, from what I understand, and this is me piecing it together from reading articles and watching TikToks and listening to the songs, but they're, they're feuding. Everybody feuds with Nicki. Nicki feuds with everyone. I, I don't know, but I also love her, but I also love Megan the Stallion. Like I don't want to choose sides guys. Like I want us to be in a world where everybody gets along. I don't like these beefs. And frankly, both of them scare the shit out of me. Like I don't want to piss any one of them off, but Nikki is, is, you know, more of a seasoned veteran, I should say, you know, she's been around longer than Megan Thee Stallion, at least in, you know, pop culture in our zeitgeisty world. She also has a sort of, I think anybody in the music world has sort of backstories that can be problematic. It's sort of what makes an artist an artist with these complicated stories. But Nikki it's very well known in the pop culture world that both her husband and her brother have been there's sexual problems there in terms of charges and I believe they're on the like sexual predator list or something like that and that's known and whether it's about rape or I don't know someone underage I don't speak of things I don't know well but I do know that both her brother and her husband and Megan Thee Stallion if you remember and you may not had her own beef where a guy shot her in her feet 
And that was a big deal. And she sent him to jail and it was a whole sort of courtroom drama. And I don't know the ins and outs of it. I try to just look at the positive. They're both, I love their music. Okay. So apparently there were, there, Megan the Stallion made a diss track. And in that track the other day, there's a quote about, don't worry about Megan, worry about Megan's list. And that basically it seems like it was in reference to, the lists that Nicki Minaj's husband and maybe brother are on, you know, like you can't be near a school, that kind of list, if you know what I'm saying. And then uh, Nicki released a song and I don't know if she just whipped it up out of nowhere, if this was already in progress or one, how one knew the other was coming. But then Nicki made a song in reference to big feet and feet and, you know, obviously around Megan. I, and it's turned into an all, like, it's the biggest thing in, like, hip-hop culture right now that's bled into a, the zeitgeist of pop culture. And I just want to say to all of you Nikki and Megan fans, like, we can all be friends. We can all get along. There's room for both of the artists. And I just don't want this to turn into a Tupac biggie thing. And it didn't end well for either of them, guys. So, like, let's be clear. This is not where we want this to go. Beefs can start off funny and silly and then, like, end in tears. So I don't want any of this. I just want Nikki to be Nikki and darling and fun and little bit-sized thing that she is. And Megan the Stallion to be her dirty, sexy self. Like, both of them. Love it. Let's keep it moving, guys. But I didn't even cover that in the newsletter because I, I didn't want to dive into it. So here we are. So much has happened, even since I've published the newsletter. But this week's newsletter, and for those of you who have not read the newsletter, I'm going to fill you in. But basically, it became a fashion-focused newsletter, at least the big story. And never in my life. I'm not a fashion girl. I mean, I love fashion. I have some fashion-y stuff. But... If you know me, you know that like my my de rigueur of outfits generally are like jeans, t-shirts, uh, sneakers, Uggs when I'm walking the dog, some really ugly hoka slip-ons when I'm walking the dog. I have like I basically dress like I'm walking the dog all the time unless I go to a, an event. And even then, I'm not like a fashion girly. And I don't I don't buy into all the trends. Oh, that's I'm lying. I'm sitting here lying. I buy into the trends. I'm sitting here in like the fucking horseshoe pants that make me look bow-legged from Nilly Lotan. But the point is I'm not, I'm not couture. How about that? Maybe that's it. And I'm not smart enough to know the ins and outs of like who's who in the fashion world. I don't know the, the names of the top models these days. I don't know the names of the creative directors behind brands, except for, you know, Pharrell and so forth. And I don't, I don't buy couture. I don't ever have any place to wear couture, but I respect it and I admire it. And I'm a fashion girly in the sense that I've seen Devil Wears Prada 584 times. Incidentally, Rebecca, Becca Unger, who works for me and is my right hand at all things, the new, new thing. She used to be the assistant to Anna Wintour. And I'm going to say something really controversial. I've only heard amazingly lovely things about Anna Wintour. And in addition, I've heard that Anna and I have something in common, which is not our success or our waistlines. Very, very different from both perspectives. But what we have in common 
and I, I am so proud to say this, is that we both have a distaste for mixed flower arrangements, meaning I love having cut flowers all around my house. This is also in opposition of Kara Swisher, who believes that cut flowers represent death and death is terrible and you don't want to have cut flowers all around your house. I love cut flowers, but I hate mixing. So I don't like bouquets. I like vases filled with the same flower. It might be slightly different colorations of that flower, um, but even that, like I don't like multiple colored tulips. I like pink tulips or I'll like white tulips. I like pink roses. I don't like, I don't like roses mixed with, with anything else. I, I like my, I like all flowers, but just in their own world. So do not mix and match flowers with me. I also don't like sunflowers. I don't like sun-dried tomatoes. I, these are all weird little things. But Anna Wintour also has an appreciation for vases of flowers, but they have to be the same type of flower, not a mixed arrangement, no added greenery and shit like that. Keep it simple, like what you would cut from your garden and just plop them in a little vase. That's the way it's supposed to be. I don't need all the pomp and circumstance. And also they don't look good. I want my lilies with as lilies. I don't want them mixed and matched with with other stuff. My God, how boring am I on this podcast right now, guys? Okay, so what I focused on this week was this Fashion Week of Paris. Fashion Week, we've seen it. We've seen over the... Everybody knows what a fashion show looks like. Everybody sort of knows what to anticipate. Everyone knows that what Fashion Week means. I mean, anybody listening to this certainly does. And, you know, I think it was cemented in our brains as Sex and City girlies because there was always the sort of Carrie Bradshaw Fashion Week moments with, in or out. And this fashion week was, was just as dramatic. There are lots of, you know, interesting designs out there. Chanel was getting panned for the first time in a long time. Yada, yada, yada. It all stopped with the closing show. So there's always a show that's chosen to close fashion week. And this year it was Maison Margiela. And if I'm mispronouncing that, I, again, I'm not a fashion girly. I, I've, do have 18 years of French under me. And as I've said here before, that allows me to conjugate like four verbs and that's about it. Conversationally, I am shit. So my pronunciation, I believe, is it Maison Margiela? Is it Margiela? I think it would be Margiela if it was Italian, but Margiela in French? I don't know. Somebody let me know. And I don't own anything by them. I will I think, because I'm now obsessed, they had the fashion show that literally and figuratively closed it down. It just was a showstopper. The interesting thing is, and I did not know this because, again, I don't pay close attention, but the creative director behind Maison Margiela is John Galliano. And John Galliano had his own fashion line. He's very famous. He looks to me like a Parisian or Spaniard sort of evil Bond character. Like he has that sort of like mustache that is just sort of, or did, I don't quite know what he looks like now. Mustache that is like sort of on each side of his upper lip, but with a big gap in between. And then a little like, what do you call that little thing underneath the lower lip? That's it. Like a very Parisian Spaniard evil, like cartoon character. He was also the creative directors for both Givenchy and Dior. Or, and I actually heard Givenchy was pronounced something else, like Givenchy, Givenchy. I, God, this is terrible. But And Dior, but he's really well known as well 
for being canceled before being canceled was an actual thing, which is now, you know, de rigueur for our, our culture and society. But back in, I mean, I think it was 2010, so 14 plus years ago, he went on a drunken, racist, anti-Semitic rant in Paris at a restaurant captured on film. And I'm not going to repeat the things that he said. They were ugly and they were undeniable because it was on film. And this was at, you know, this is a different time in a world of social media. So it came out in other ways and lots of, lots of press and so forth. And incidentally in France, which I think should be, it should be both racist and anti-Semitic, but it's anti-Semitic statements are illegal. You can be fined. I, I believe you can be arrested. I think you can be fined for sure. And he was, he had to pay a, a fine and admit his guilt and all of that. And then he disappeared and uh, we understand he went to rehab. He came out a couple of years later and apologized specifically to the communities that he insulted, which is the right thing to do. And did a, from what everyone, the reports are, it was beautiful sort of admission that he was both an addict and an alcoholic, which to me implies that he's a drug addict and an alcoholic. But in a big Jewish leader urged, as Jews do, urged forgiveness and he then sort of, I'm sure he's still well known in the fashion world, but we didn't see much of him. He was, he was somebody who liked the spotlight. He was in the spotlight a lot and um, liked the attention. And then we didn't see a lot of him. And frankly, I didn't think about him. And then all of a sudden, as I'm seeing the first viewings of this fashion show, I then pieced together that he's the creative director. Anyway, I put in the in the site, and I'll put in the show notes, the link to the whole fashion show. It's on YouTube. It's like 30 minutes. It's like watching art. It is so incredible, but there are also a million TikToks of different parts of the show. But the show is set in this, like, it's meant to be this fantasy. It's sort of like, I write that it's sort of like American Horror Story meets Twin Peaks with a hat tip to Rob Goldman avid listener, avid fan, who told me that he thought it felt very Twin Peaks. And he was right. It's like Twin Peaks meets American horror meets like criminal minds. Honestly, it was like, this looked like you were walking into like a serial killer's lair. And it starts off with a one armed Freddie Mercury like singer singing in this sort of everybody feels like they're in an underground bar and everybody's seated inside this feels like an, an underground club, very Parisian, very Parisian. And the audience is in the show. It's very experiential, if you will. So they're like literally sitting as an audience to this performance that this one-armed singer is sort of singing and like it feels very turn of the century of the 1900s or I don't even know what century it is, but it felt like Victorian or just old Parisian, what you think about and sort of lots of corsets and and skirts and thick tights and all of that. But you start off with a singer and it gets everybody in the mood and then the camera goes to outside of the club, looks like it's along the Seine, it's a rainy, I don't know if there was rain or if they brought in puddles, it's nighttime. You have people sitting outside too on chairs, but not in rows, like all very much like they're at a a club or a bar or something like that. And then all of a sudden you start to see the first of the models. And this one is the, the first model is a male model who is a very, very famous German male model. And he, I, I can't explain it. His name is Leon Dame. And 
he looked like a freak. Like all of them are, look like porcelain dolls come to life. And so what comes out on the show is not just the models and how they walk and how they're dressed, which is obviously paramount. It's a fashion show, but their walk is really incredible. They're walking sort of like, like broken dolls and they're, they're wearing, they have like ripped stockings or they're wearing, like they're walking over glass and then their makeup is, stands out because it literally looks like they're wax figures, like porcelain, wax, glass, like it, all of that. And it seems like it's sort of the underground, the freaks and geeks, the circus freaks, the people that would have been out outsiders of a society all being sort of summoned, if you will, to this dark and sexy and underground club. And that's the sort of vibe. I can't, I hope that explains it. And the music is to, it's like one song, they they have moments where they cut into with this sort of other music, but it's really throughout the whole thing after the one armed singer is, is singing is Adele which is, it's an old Adele song, but uh, as I wrote, it's a perfect one for the setting. It's Hometown Glory, and it's like 20 minutes of it. And I think, you know, I have not read this. It's my interpretation. (laughs) It's like Galliano letting us know. From a communications perspective, to me, what I would be saying is this is him letting uh, the world know he's back. He's home, Paris. This is the home of fashion. It's where it all began. And I wrote this in the newsletter, the comic, the absurd, the horror, the fun, the beauty, the disgust. God, sometimes I write stuff. I'm like, well, I wrote that? Anyway, I thought it was was extraordinary. And one of the biggest viral moments of it was when Gwendolyn Christie, the six foot three actress that you will know most likely as Brienne of Tarth, was the closer. I mean, she's six three, she's wearing heels. Imagine she's at least six, 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 seven. She's a big girl. And I don't, I mean, just like she is, I've been in the same room with her. Like she is a giant, like literally a giant, not just her physical body, but her energy. Like she is you can't keep your eyes off her. She's that type of person that you know has entered a room even before you've seen her. You just feel that energy shift. And she comes walking down like the grand dam of broken dolls. And um, she is exquisite. And I mean, I'm not even talking about the fashion. I, I don't know how the fashion manifests into regular world clothes, but I mean, there was there was just so much of it. It was beautiful. Lots of corsets. So I imagine we might be seeing a lot of that. Um, Galliano also had women of all sizes, which I have to give him credit for. It was not just all emaciated models, though there were some of those as well. And you had these like contorted figures walking through and they would interact with the audience, which is also not something I personally have seen in all the fashion show clips that, you know, you see people walking on a runway and you see the people sitting there, you know, making sure their legs aren't crossed so you can't see up their legs and their ankles are crossed like Anna Wintour does, but they are, you know, maybe holding their cell phones up and that's about the engagement. And in this, you had the models sort of put their hands out to people in the audience. They sort of bent over to them and it felt very much like a cabaret, if you will, a, a dark cabaret. So I, I honestly, I can't explain how much I loved it, but back to Gwendolyn, is it Gwendolyn, Gwendoline, Gwendolyn? I've actually, I wrote about this. I've actually been, the party I was at with her 
first of all, I, no business being at this party. Like I don't, nobody in that room would remember I was in this party. I was literally the only non-famous person at this party. And it was a party in London a few years ago, pre-COVID Christmas party. It may or may not have been for at the home at the time of the home of the lead singer of the Rolling Stones, whatever that guy's name is. Anyway, I have no idea how I got brought to that party. I mean, I do know, but it's still kind of a crazy story. And everybody is amazing. I mean, it's like Paul McCartney and Mick Jagger and Will Ferrell and Paul McCartney and Gwendolyn Christie. And I mean, that was just to name a few. I sat there sort of like as an observer and there was in my memory, it was Gaga, but it could have been like a 1950s song. I have no idea. I in when I'm uncomfortable and don't fit in, I just obviously like so many of us, I drank a lot. I drank a lot so much so that I do remember the end of this night, I slipped out. I left the people that I come with that I didn't even know really. And I got a black cab in London and he and I together, he parked the car in Covent Garden and we went into McDonald's. And then I ordered McDonald's for him and for me. And then we sat in his car and had this really amazing hour-long philosophical discussion at like two in the morning when I was shit drunk, eating so much McDonald's. And like, I can't, I mean, I just remember the next day being like, what did I do? But I digress. Gwendolyn Christie, to whatever song, she was throwing Mick Jagger and Will Ferrell around like candy. I don't even know what, like, imagine when you're like swirling a little, like, little baby around when you're swinging them around, you know, in the garden or whatnot. And they tell you, don't do that. It's bad for their shoulders. Well, that's what she was doing to those men. And Mick is a little guy. Like, his entire body is narrower than my thigh. So, Godspeed. But Will, Will's a big guy. Will is a giant of a man. He's big. He's tall. He's broad. He's, and she was still whipping him around like, I don't know. I mean, she could still sit there and drink with her left hand as she was swirling these guys over and around her head. I mean, it was not, I'm not even exaggerating. I, I can't make this shit up. So I love her. She has boundless energy. She brought the house down. And I have to say, I think it really transformed the way that, fashion was going to be presented in the incorporation of, it was a real integration of fashion, theater, music, art, makeup, hair, like the whole thing. And I thought it also showed growth. If, you know, again, I don't pretend to be an expert on John Galliano and maybe I'm an idiot, but to me, it just as a communications professional, as somebody who helps people with their narratives and if there's a crisis into how to rebrand themselves, like this is a masterclass. Like he also did not come out, at least that uh, the cameras, nobody, maybe he came out to just the people in that room, but after the cameras come, but normally we were accustomed to seeing the, the creative director come out to applause at the end, you know, they're holding their hands, they're bowing, they're sort of giving nods over to the different audiences. And, um, they, you know, usually are not dressed very fancy. They're in jeans and a t-shirt and they just come out, you know, very shy and, and we've seen it on project runway. We've seen it on all of it. No Galliano, not in any of the clips, not in the full video. He is, remains unseen. And I just think it was quite genius. And I think it also, you know, it, it's a redemption story of the ages. 
and and maybe all the work that he's done on his sort of recovery and so forth. I just think like, my God, this genius has been silent, at least on a grand scale. And this was just like, I am back, baby. This was a debut of debuts, a re-debut. And I'm here for it. And it, I think it's the reason why I talk about it so much is because I do think it's really interesting how we can parlay that into other people that we see sort of have these falls and they do things, you know, whether they get, whether they get canceled correctly or incorrectly, there is a pathway for redemption. Even when you've said some of the most vile things, he didn't physically hurt anybody. And maybe that that's a difference, but the words were, were terrible and unforgivable, but yet, you know, with time, with work, with art, with beauty, with, there comes redemption. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just being bamboozled. There's that too. It's all, it's all subjective, but I just really loved it. I really did. And I encourage you to, if you haven't seen the clips to watch it and then there are a million takes, it's hilarious. So you have a bunch of people filming their, their walks, like them walking down the streets as if they were the models from the Maison Margiela show. And and it's what, it's going to be interesting to see how these things sort of incorporate into mainstream, you know, as we all know, when what's her name in Devil Wears Prada laughed at the intensity for which Meryl Streep and others were going through the different blues, Miranda Priestley, I should say, then schooled our Annie Hathaway into what the blues mean as she was sitting there in her blue J. Crew sweater. What was the name of that blue? Anyway, I'm sure it'll come to me after we stop recording. But that's the point of this show is like what is going to come into and be on the sort of mainstream everyday America that we're going to see. Corsets, you know, are already sort of making their way in. This was definitely a big corset moment. The makeup, Pat McGrath, considered the most influential and famous makeup artist in the world. She has a dame title given to her by... Uh, I guess the queen, I don't know how that works when, or maybe the king, I don't know. Um, she's incredible. And TikTok exploded into trying to figure out how she achieved this look, which was this glassy, waxy porcelain doll look. And in the newsletter, this one creator who seemed to have cracked it by pulling codes, sort of clues that she took from the Pat McGrath people in terms of what they'd said. And then she created this sort of experience where she figured out what the solution was and how it got airbrushed. And then it created this sort of like, almost like a mask, which you could peel off after, but it's incredible, this effect it gives people. And I don't think people are going to be doing that on the regular, but I do think that sort of porcelain sheeny, like, or glassy, glowy, dry look it was like not sticky is what I mean. Not like it was dry looking. That's going to make its way in, which I'm all for. Give me a shimmer. Give me a glow. I like that. I'm not a matte girl. I'm a glowy, dewy little number. That was my favorite time in makeup world. I want to be dewy. That's my dream. The two other things I want to talk, touch on that everyone's been commenting on to me is the, <laughs> the very clever, mainly out of the UK because of it being a UK issue right now, the very clever creators doing the videos of them being called to war or how, how dare they be called to war. So a little backstory, I guess one of the big generals, I'm not going to pretend I know who it is, basically in the UK said, 
I don't think he basically said there was going to be a draft, but urged civilians to sort of join up uh, that they were, you know, very thin in terms of military. And should there be a military action against Russia or war or whatnot, I guess it sort of was alluded to like they could call up civilians or civilians should consider joining the military training or groups. So if there was a civilian army and then you had, you know, the person that all of Gen Z listens to and respects Boris Johnson, (laughs) I can't even say that with a straight face. No, no one respects that man. Um, did some absurd video of like him, like, you know, I, I captain and him joining the army. And like, this man has never like, ever done a day's work in his life. He's a, he's a privileged Oxford kid. Who's just like, I, I will serve and fight for you and fight for my, my England. And I will come after you. Putin's army. Lance Corporal Johnson reporting for duty and responding to the appeal from General Sanders for a citizen army and encouraging young people across the country to think of the attractions, advantages of some kind of military training or service. Because at the moment they think it's either uncool or unethical or perhaps they're not following General Sanders, they're following Colonel Sanders. To find out what we need to do about it, Read my column in the Daily Mail. Please. Hardly. So these Gen Z kids are like, what? Me? War? Like, you don't understand. Like, this is one of my favorite videos. Completely get suffragettes, women's rights. Thank you. Revoke my rights. Revoke it and put me back in a kitchen cooking a Vicky sponge. I drafted for war. Are you all right? I don't do well under pressure. I I cried during my geography GCSE. I am not the one. And also, wrong generation they've picked, not me going to war. That's all you'll see. How I do my base for a long day at war. That's all you're going to get. TikTok shop's going to be rolling. Get Rishi Sunak out there. Get him out there. If you want to push this so hard, you go. You go. I mean, like, she's like, I'm sorry. Like, I give women's libs back. Like, all for it, but I want to be in my kitchen cooking. And there's there's several more. Another one of my favorites. What's that? I've got to go to war. What now? Oh man, I've just started this thing on Netflix and that. Well, do I have to do the training? Kind of. Like, I think I'll be all right. I've played like bare Call of Duty. What? We'll fight them on the beaches. That sounds all right. The mind the beach. Was like the like ocean beach. I'll bring my swimming shorts in it. Get some selfies in that. What's the uniform like? Oh, that sounds well uncomfortable, man. Can I can I just wear a tracksuit or something? Where is it? Russia. <sighs> Can't we do it in Iron Apple or something like that? Just... There's a million of them, and I appreciate them. But also, it's funny because it's true. Like, it's funny because it's true. Like, if you look at, like, the get ready with me's in from the front lines. Like, hi, get ready with me while I put on my outfit to go fight the Russians. And, like, my Wi-Fi is down. My Wi-Fi is down. What are we going to do? I can't get my Wi-Fi in my combat vehicle. It's just, it's hilarious. So there's a lot of that. And um, I I pray for the fact that we don't go to World War Three because we... We really don't have, where are they going to get it in America? Same problem here, kids. Same problem here. This is the one time I'm like grateful that I'm turning 50 this year. I'm like, I'm aged out. I have flat feet anyway, but I've aged out, aged out. I have a heart issue. There's so many issues. I'm just like, sign me up with the Gen Z army of uh, um, running away from that one. I believe in civic duties, like jury duty, which is still a nightmare, but I believe in it. I, I don't believe in war. 
in fighting wars. I just don't. I don't believe in any of it. And Godspeed for those who do. And then lastly, the other big topic everyone seems to be absolutely going gaga for are Pookie and Jet. Pookie, 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 Pookie and the Jets. That's sort of where I go. Pookie and the Jets. If you guys don't know Pookie and Jet, first of all, here's just roll it, David. Friday night, date night. Taking Pookie to a new spot tonight with three other couples, and Pookie looks absolutely amazing. Good Lord, babe. I love the old black. Thank you. I'm wearing my Kelly. I'm so excited. And then I have on girlfriend denim, revolve little lace top, revolve sweater, and J-Lo heels. Uh, I'm wearing a late Christmas present from Campbell. Jacket is Gutteridge. Shirt Gutteridge also. It's a store out of Italy. Hermes belt. Paige jeans as always. And ostrich Luke Aces tonight. Okay, so basically, let me set it up. They are very southern, white, beautiful couple, very like waspy is what I would say in some way. And Pookie is like her, I think her real name is Campbell. They're a couple. He calls her Pookie. Like literally, this is why I'm single. Because if a guy dared to call me Pookie once, I like I would be I would have the ick so much like my skin would be I, I would break out into hives. Like even when somebody calls me sweetie or baby, this is why I'm single again. I'm intolerant. Like they they're just the mere fact of them breathing after that would annoy the fuck out of me. So if you start calling me Pookie and then doing it on camera, so we've seen this before where the girl stands in front of the camera is like, this is my, you know, it's either get ready with me or um, outfit of the days, OOTDs, that kind of thing. And Pookie is this beautiful girl, Southern girl who has great fashion body, wears cute outfits and her very, very waspy Southern husband, Jet. And when I say this, there's been another controversy of sort of like implying that Jet is playing for the wrong team. There is no gay vibe I get from Jet. What I get from Jet is Southern waspy boy who went to like my school, went to Rollins or went to Ole Miss or went to University of Alabama. Like, let me just be clear. Jet seems like a really nice guy, like a really nice guy. I guarantee you Jet's not a nice guy when he gets super drunk. Like it's like that Jekyll Hyde guy in the South that, you know, is sweet and opens the door for you. But then he gets drunk and he gets mean and he gets sloppy, falls down. He's the guy that like, you know, oh, Jet's making a scene again. I, I am speaking not out of fact, out of complete creation of my brain, but I've, I know a million Jets. I dated them. I went to college with them. He wears the khaki pants, the button down shirt, the like, you know, blue blazer, um, probably secretly like, you know, doesn't know any black people and is not, is very progressive for his group of friends, but he probably doesn't integrate a lot with people that aren't like him and Pookie. And not that he is racist per se. I just think that it's like, a, I think they're in Georgia or that there's just not a lot of integration in that world. I think they're in on the joke. At least they, they are now. I don't know if they were, but they're not the most dynamic couple. They're not the most like, it's not the most highly produced content. It's just Pookie is like, Pookie looks great today. Pookie's looking particularly ravishing today. Pookie, and you're just like, and people can't get enough of it. So much so that like the country star Zach Bryan made a joke about it with his girlfriend and and people have taken it on. But Pookie and Jet seem to have a sense of humor about it. And they're commenting, they're, they're making duets of those 
mocking videos. And I think it's all done with love. Like the tide has not yet turned on them and we don't know any dark secrets. I suspect there are people trying to find out dirt on Pookie and Jet. And next week we're all going to have our dreams dashed. Like Bambi really sold drugs or something. Or, you know, it's like finding out that Daffy Duck is a rapist. Like, I don't know what they're going to find out about Pookie and Jet. But you know the internet is trying. They are trying to get dirt on them because when you are made popular in this world, in the culture we are in, there are lots of people who try to find something to bring you down and get you canceled. So there we are. That is my ramblings for the day. I uh, I need to get back to the real world and get back to my job that pays me bills to allow me to sit here and talk to you guys for 45 minutes, but my make out Mary mute this week. This is a tough one. I, I mean, cause there are a lot of mutes. There are a lot of mutes. I could go really, really specific or really, really broad. I do think that my make out is, I just, I want to make out with all of the Gen Z or UK people who are making these really funny videos about going to war. Like they're just clever and hilarious and um, very self-aware, like very. And I just think they're all so funny and I'd like to sit around and hang out with all of them. Um, I would like to marry, I, I, I'm not, I'm going, I'm staying within the family here. I would like to marry Pookie and Chet just maybe for like a quickie marriage. I just want to be in there for sort of like understand their, like who they really are. Is this real? Are they really that in love? Is this going to go the distance? I mean, you know, I've seen this show before. Um, mute. Well, I'm going to mute feuds. I'm going to mute Nikki and, and Megan, JT, Justin Timberlake and Brittany. Holy moly. I'm going to, I'm going to mute that whole world. I don't know if you guys saw, but Justin Timberlake released a song, the new single, new album coming out called Selfish, which is fine. Life's great song, but I don't know if his, and I know his team. I mean, surely they knew this would be poking the bear. Our little Brit Brit, his ex-girlfriend, the one we've already had lots of drama over in terms of their interactions and the breakup and the abortion and how he broke up with her. She has a song called Selfish that's like 13 years old. And like, it just seems really misguided to like, it's too on the nose as Justin Timberlake, like she has a song and let me be clear, like we know what the Swift army is like, the Taylor Swift army, like you don't fuck with them. But do you know how they learned? They learned from Britney's army. Britney's army and fans got the conservatorship canceled. That was because of them. That was because of the outpouring and protests of what they created and got this huge public outpouring of support for Britney. These fans walked so Taylor Swift fans, Swifties, could run. You don't fuck with them. That's like, you call those people to war. That's who you call to war. You call the freaking Britney and Taylor Swift fans to war. And like by Russia, by Putin, by Justin Timberlake. Like, I'm sorry. Call it any other name. There's other, there's synonyms for selfish, um, which clearly you are Justin Timberlake for naming that song. But the fans went nuts and decided, oh no, that was a step too far. We're going to bring Britney's song Selfish up the charts from 13 years ago or however long ago it was and have it surpass Justin's 
new single. And sure enough, those bitches won. They got it. At least in the iTunes chart, people were buying the single. Like, I don't even remember the last time I bought a song. I stream everything. People bought that shit for $1.29 a pop and had it go up in the charts above Justin Timberlake Selfish. So you had Britney Spears Selfish from a decade or more ago and then Justin's. I mean, hell hath no fury like a Britney or Taylor fan scorned. And But I'm going to mute that because I'm just about positivity and light this week, though it's hilarious. I also didn't talk about the drama between Taylor Swift and, and the AI stuff because the media is covering this like it didn't exist already. It's existed. I've been calling this out for a number of years that um, deepfake AI porn was already here long before AI was mainstream. So this isn't new. It's terrible and it it should impact everybody that is fearful and for your kids and it sucks. Then there's Taylor and Travis and Travis saying, I love you and Taylor going to the Super Bowl and fans trying to figure out if Taylor can get back from Tokyo in time because she has a tour, a show the night before the Super Bowl. Answer is yes. With time zone, she will get back if she goes. The loser of the week, I will say, and I feel bad for him, is Usher. And that is, I mean, no hate on Usher, but Usher is the halftime show at the Super Bowl, which is now going to be forever known as Taylor Swift Super Bowl if she does end up going. Um, it certainly is now. Like, people don't don't care about anything except Taylor Swift. She's obviously not the halftime performer. They, apparently, there was a report that came out today that Taylor Swift has made the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs $340 million since this whole relationship took off, which was why the NFL keeps featuring Taylor in all their TikToks, you know, and Kansas City Chiefs. So there is a method behind the madness. And that is the lesson for all of you to take away, as well as redemption is possible, as well as being canceled can be turned around if done the right way, um, as well as don't fight, just love. So with that, have an amazing week, my loves, and I'll see you next week. Pop culture.